Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Let's go to Philadelphia. John Clark joins us. John, how have you been? Hey, been doing great. How about you? Doing great. Thanks for asking. Well, John, the Eagles are interesting. Um, they, they seem, for the most part, good enough to be competitive, not quite enough to get over the top in some games. Is that a fair assessment of where they are? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the offense has improved, especially with them running the ball more. I think it's taken some pressure off Jalen Hurts to do everything. Uh, you've seen the last couple weeks, his, his accuracy is up. He's completing, you know, like 64% of his passes now. It was much lower in the weeks leading up to it. So I think running the ball has opened up some things for him and play action I think has really helped the offense and then you see him they're kind of just letting him go when you have a third and four and he's able to run it uh, he's, uh, he converted five third downs this past Sunday so I think the offense is improving I think uh, Jalen and Nick are kind of coming together a little bit more on, on what's best for the offense and Jalen but the defense not so much I'll stay on offense for a moment, then, John. I'll get to that defense. Early in the season, they shied away from running. Now, look, you and I both know sometimes it's what they give you, and you just go with what they give you. But why do you think they are running the ball more now? I really think it's because it wasn't working as well. I don't think Jalen Hurts is the most accurate quarterback, and he's going to miss some throws and miss some throws in key situations. And I think they said, okay, we need to take a little bit off of him. I mean, he was providing 85% of the offense, most in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think having a, a supportive running game um, really just helps open things up a little more. I mean, play action is huge. If you can get teams inching those safeties up to the line of scrimmage and the other team is thinking run and you got them coming in more to try to stop the run, I think that opens up things a little bit more. Um, so, I, look, I mean, we all know in 2021, most of these teams that are in first place or playoff teams are successful, have really good quarterbacks, and most of the teams mm-hmm. throw the ball. Um, but there's, there's a couple teams who are able to have success running the ball more, like the Titans. And Jalen Hurts is not on that level of these top quarterbacks with his accuracy to, to run that type of offense. I think Nick Sirianni came in wanting to run that. I mean, he was throwing 75 mm-hmm. to 80% of the time, but I think they just realized what's the most effective way to have an offense that can go up and down the field, have some long drives, and by the way, keep the other offense off the field because the defense has props. Right. So, now let's get to that last snippet there. The defense has problems. Is it really starting with linebacker, or is there an across-the-board three-level problem here? Well, that's a great question. I mean, look, I think T.J. Edwards is playing better. Uh, I think Davion Taylor um, is learning, and he's, he's making some good plays here and there. Um, but, but I think it's, look, all their money is in the defensive line. Their highest-paid player is yeah. Fletcher Cox. They lost Brandon Graham. The only way this defense is going to be effective is if they're getting after the quarterback. And three of the last four games, they haven't had a sack. And I know they're saying, hey, the quarterbacks are getting the ball out quick and you see Justin Herbert getting the ball out quick. But if you're 
line is unable to get after the quarterback, then you got to find other ways to get to the quarterback. And, you know, Jonathan Gannon did change it up. He blitzed about one-third of the time in this past game, mostly in the beginning. He also played cover one more than any team in the NFL this past week where he only had one yeah. safety back there. So he is, he is changing it up. But my thing is, if you're having the quarterback get the ball out quick, maybe the cornerbacks should play a little more press coverage. Get up there and jam the receivers. Um, if, if you want the cold, uh, quarterback to have to hold the ball a little bit longer, you need to have your corners not play off as much, in my opinion. So maybe we'll see a little more of that. But, look, I don't think there's going to be a problem this weekend because Teddy Bridgewater tends to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. They like to throw the ball a little bit down the field. And, um, you know, I think, I think that might play into the Eagles' hands. Bridgewater's also, for the most part, like he and Tyrod Taylor are very similar in that they are accurate. They don't make a lot of mistakes, but they're not. But they're also not risk takers either. Uh, so you've got to play good down and distance, keep the ball in front of you when you play guys like that. Are the Eagles good at playing down and distance and keeping the ball in front? Yeah, I mean that's the one thing. I mean they're they're most of the time up until the last game or two they were playing the two safeties uh, way back uh, soft zone coverage where you're basically trying to avoid giving up the big play. Um, but then sometimes you've got too many intermediate routes and production there from the team, and then also you know teams were taking some shots and you know the Eagles secondary. I think they're strong at a couple spots, but they're, you know, just not good enough and really don't have, like, a real big playmaker back there. I mean, Slay does a good job, uh, but I don't think they have a real playmaker back there that's going to make that pivotal game-changing play. Uh, Fletcher Cox, is he banged up or has he lost a step? Well, I, I just did a, a podcast interview today with former Eagles president Joe Banner, and from what he's seen last year and this year, he, he believes Fletcher's on the decline, and that could be. Yeah. And uh, when you lose Brandon Graham, you're going to be able to double-team uh, somebody on the Eagles' defensive line more and more. And if that's Fletcher some plays and then Javon Hargrave some plays, uh, you need your ends to get home more. And when they lost Brandon Graham um, – you know they're just not getting after the quarterback as much. So um, from from the football experts and the people who watch the film and study it, they do believe Fletcher Cox is on the decline. So yeah, that's the problem. He's your highest paid player, and he uh, he gave them a lot during the Super Bowl run okay. and the year after. But um, last couple years he hasn't been as productive, and and that is a big problem. Yeah, no, it is because there's a domino to it. And if he's not playing as well or doesn't command as much of attention, now it actually affects your linebackers because in some ways that defensive lineman acts like interference and a blocker for guys like that, and he's not doing that anymore. Yeah, and look, like we said, all the money is in the defensive line. And if the defensive line is not pressuring the quarterback, and I'm not even talking about sacks. I'm talking about pressure, hurries, getting the quarterback off his spot, they're not good enough with the back seven. Uh, they're not good enough to uh, stop quarterbacks from doing whatever they want to do. 
have to ask you about Devontae Smith. But, but that being go, said, go let ahead, me just Jeff. say this. I mean, they have sure. faced some of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and you're going to start to mm-hmm. see this schedule loosen up. Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. this weekend, then the Saints come in. Um, it could be Trevor Simeon. Who knows? Uh, right. And then you are you got five games against the Giants, Washington, and the Jets. Five games against those teams. And that's where you can make up some ground. And I expect them to be better against those teams because those teams aren't any good. So right. they, they've gone through the, the really tough part of their schedule, and uh, it's going to ease up here. They're not going to be facing the same quality quarterbacks. Right. Uh, I have to ask you about Devontae Smith. It's one guy to see. It's one thing, John, to see a guy on TV like we did for four years at Alabama, and you're like, wow, phenomenal. But then to see him in person. You see him in person. What, what are you seeing with him? Yeah, I got to tell you, he's, he's really fun to watch. Um, you know, I was at the Sixers game last night. Tyrese Maxey is now one of my favorite players to watch, and I would put Devontae yeah. up there. Uh, what's amazing to me is you see him come out of the tunnel and he really is thin, and his legs yes, are really is. thin. But, man, yep. he is so talented and so gifted coming off that line of scrimmage, and his route running is so good. Uh, it's really impressive to watch. And it is a shame that he was not able to uh, connect with Jalen Hurts or Jalen wasn't able to connect with him on that touchdown before the end of the first half. Yeah. That would have been huge for that game, and those are the little things. But, yeah, I think Devontae Smith, I think he's going to be special. He, he's on pace for a 1,000-yard season, and you're seeing it already. Uh, he's got his second 100-yard game. Those, uh, those connections uh, him and Jalen made in the second half against the Chargers, those were sweet. So I, I just think he's really, really good, um, really good w- with his route running. And, uh, you know, you saw some of those plays earlier in the year where he got pushed out of bounds or Rager got pushed, pushed out of bounds, and they seem to have cleaned that up. So I think the, I think the offense is going to get better as, as we go along here, mm-hmm. especially against uh, inferior teams. So, um, but I, I think I think if you're looking for the positives, you know, you've got you've got a bunch of years coming up with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, hopefully Miles Sanders. We'll see if they would get a contract uh, with him after uh, next year. But you do have the start of some foundational pieces for your offense going forward. So you mentioned Tyrese Maxey. What makes him one of your favorites to watch? Oh, man. First of all, the kid is out there having fun. He is smiling the whole time. His hair is flying all over the place. And and, and when you're watching him live, he is so quick, so fast. And he's fearless. Like you see him especially last night where they were like, hey, this could be the Tyrese Maxey show. He was fearless going to the basket. And from talking to the team and Doc Rivers and the players, they can't keep him out of the gym. He constantly wants to learn and get better. They they basically had to take the ball away from him and say, go home, you need a day here to just decompress. <laughs> so uh, he's got the work ethic. Uh, I think he's going to be special. Uh, and you see him working on his shot. You see him working on his three-point shot, and he's getting better. We, we, we see that he can go to the basket. He can get to the basket. And he is lightning quick in person. So I think this guy is special, and I think – I think, as you see, the Phillies fallen in love with him already. So I have to ask you, the mental makeup of a team. I mean, look, I think a lot of those guys expected to go into the season and not have Ben Simmons you know, over the summer. Well, they don't have Ben Simmons. I mean, he's not there. What's the mental makeup of this team that's allowed them to get off to a really good start and just kind of take all this stuff and just brush it aside? 
I think it starts with your leaders. And Joel Embiid spoke a week or two ago about he's trying to have this team go out to dinner together uh, before every game on the road. And he says this team is really close, and they like each other. They, they talked about the chemistry being so good and the togetherness. And i I got to tell you, I mean, it does kind of send a message to Ben Simmons because they've constantly said, we have been so together ever since we came together as a group. And that obviously does not include Ben Simmons. So, I, I, I mean, look, I think, I think they made some great additions as well. I mean, George Niang, not only has he been really good shooting the three especially, but he's an energy guy. He's, he's good for the locker room. And same with Andre Drummond. Um, and then you see these younger players getting better. So I think it's a really good mix. I think the, the pieces they picked up have worked out really well. And I think they're sending a message that if you don't want to be a part of this, then we don't need you. And look, I think I think they are better offensively without Ben. They're, they're not as good defensively, but I think they're better offensively, right. and they're more together. They have more spacing on the court, and you're playing five on five. He may be the brother, but Seth Curry has come in, and every time I look around, as a piece, not as a primary, but as a piece, he does his deal. He's 17 points a game, John. How valuable is this guy as somebody who understands what his role is? Hey, I mean, he got a chance to start for the first time last year, basically on a regular basis, and you saw what he did in the playoffs, how hot he got. And then he was doing the same thing again to start this season. Uh, he, he's developing. He's he's getting better. And uh, and I think I think he's getting good coaching. But you know he is a starter now in this league. And the way he's able to shoot the ball uh, up until the last two games. I mean he was he was the best shooting. Uh, well, small in the NPA, not a big. You know, the big yeah. can obviously have a higher shooting percentage, but he was shooting a better percentage than anybody in the NBA that was not a big guy. So I think it's great to see this evolution of him, and, and he's finally getting that chance to start in the NBA. And, uh, hey, you got two two uh, games, brother against brother, coming up here uh, towards the end of this <laughs> month of December, so we're going to get to see Steph yeah. versus Seth again. It's going to be fun. John, fun for us to have you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Have a good one.